Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the week of May 23rd through May 29th, 2021. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing a recent interview with Aptera's co-founders, Chris Anthony and Steve Famro, as well as some news impacting investment in Aptera. Hello and welcome everyone. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend for those based in the U.S. So with this episode and kicking things off with an, a podcast interview that the Inside EVs podcast did with the co-founders of Aptera, Chris Anthony and Steve Fambro. And as I've done in the past, I've, what I've, I've done is I've, I've pulled out some clips from that podcast and I'm going to be providing my, I guess, the, the, the parts that I thought sound interesting and and some of my my reactions to that the the you know the i encourage you to check out the full podcast which i'll be providing the link to within the show notes and i've edited things down and, and so it's not exactly how it appears in the in, in the podcast and there's there are some other parts that you know apart from the the overall podcast which isn't just focusing on the interview of chris and steve I would encourage you to check that out because there are some other interesting tidbits. But the first clip, which I'm I'm kicking things off with, is uh, Chris and Steve. You know, they were asked about the the differences between the original version of the Aptera, which, as you remember, the company was originally founded back in 2006. There's a a lot of of footage and video that you can see of the original car, and they were asked about, you know, what's the difference between the original Aptera and the current model? Yeah, well, the, the shape is dictated by science. So, okay. you know, planes look like other planes sure. because they're super aerodynamic, right? right. Uh, so same thing with us. You know, this, this vehicle that we're building here is dramatically different from what we were building a decade ago. Uh, aerodynamically, it's much more efficient. The whole chassis has been, you know, completely uh, redesigned from the ground up. So it's it's you know, in every respect, a different vehicle. But if you take, you know, 100 yard steps back right. uh, and you look at them, you know, side by side, they're both super aerodynamic three-wheel platforms. So, you know, right. you, uh, you wouldn't be blamed for saying, oh, they, they look pretty similar. And the evolution of technology, especially with simulation tools, has uh, helped us make it both bigger and with lower drag. So there's no net increase. It's actually an improvement in drag, but we have more headroom, more space inside. So it's just better. The body goes together better. There's fewer parts. They they connect in a way that requires uh, less tooling and fixtures. So it's just fundamentally better in every way. So I found this clip interesting because there's again, if you Google Aptera, you're going to see a you'll be able to find a lot of images of what the car used to look like. And there's a great episode of Jay Leno's Garage. For those who don't know or unfamiliar, the you know the the one-time late-night uh, show host Jay Leno is a massive car enthusiast, and he actually featured Aptera, the original version, when it was a a gas vehicle that I think got 110 miles per gallon. And you can see what it looks like on the the highway, and it roughly looks like the same as the same three-wheeled vehicle. But this clip, basically, you know, Chris and Steve, you know, they're they're fairly a- adamant in that that vehicle is is. You know, I guess the only thing that that it really has in common is that it's aerodynamic and that it's three wheels. And they've improved the car in pretty much every aspect. And so I 
I, you know, I'll be talking about this, you know, later on. But the, the, the component of that that stands out to me is the potential impact for safety, as they they've mentioned in the past, the the roof crush uh, test strength for the car is the highest measured ever for any production vehicle, and so if a a I guess a a twelve year old thirteen year old car had the highest roof crush strength ever measured and they've improved it in every every way imaginable you know I'd, I'd, I'm really curious as to you know not just the, the final performance specs but what will be the, the safety features for the car the next clip is about the intended production and of, of the vehicle or the, the timeline and, and I guess what if they're if they're intending to you know what vehicles will be available first and and chris and steve they revealed a few interesting facts here probably the 40 kilowatt hour yeah the 40 kilowatt hour slated first and then the 25 kilowatt hour then the 60 and the 100 uh there's certainly some challenges with the uh, with the larger packs uh that uh, may require some significant chassis changes um so we'll, we'll get to those um you know as as we grow but we're we're focused right now on the 40 kilowatt hour version and that's what we're building into uh, our future uh, beta development vehicles it, it's the most popular uh vehicle that we've sold uh, we, we're averaging about 2,000 vehicles a month uh, wow. reservations wow. and uh, of all of those the uh, the 40 kilowatt hour is the most popular yeah so there's some um, some really interesting takeaways here the the first is that the 40 kilowatt hour version which is the 400 mile range version of the vehicle is the most popular one that has been reserved and i guess it's not really surprising because at thirty thousand dollars that's basically that's still within the price of of a a higher end coupe you know that that's no longer you know uh you're not talking about honda civic but you know you're, you're looking at the the performance and uh you know zero to 60 times that would be 400 miles that's industry leading range for an an ev and so you know for that to be the most popular one you know that that's interesting but it it does sound like there are some some design changes that may cause the larger pack reservation holders to wait a bit longer and, and that's you know it's interesting to hear for the first time again not not surprising um, it, it's been discussed in the past the way that they're going to have to custom make the battery packs in order to fit uh, I'm guessing this is the 100 kilowatt hour battery pack which if you look at the the size of the vehicle you know fitting that in there in a, in a curved design I can imagine that there there's some some challenges there the the other fact that they revealed that that was really interesting is that they're averaging 2,000 reservations per Per month, and and that matches up with what we've seen. You know, they they recently announced that they're, I think that they're at uh, around ten thousand or eleven thousand reservations, and that's that is great momentum for them to have going forward. Especially since, you know, there there's been relatively limited footage of the vehicle. It, it sounds like they're they're really gaining momentum. Next up, Chris and Steve they speak about the they're asked about the status of the Alpha and beta versions of the vehicle. The solar? We're building three alpha prototypes. You see okay. behind us the black one and the uh, white one over here. Okay. Uh, that's called Noir and Soul. Uh, we'll be uh, unveiling a video on Soul here in the next couple weeks. 
which is a result of you know finishing that vehicle and getting it out, putting some cameras on it. Um, Soul is a lot more refined. Obviously, Noir we built. Um, you know, uh, the first one always comes together in an interesting fashion, um, and it, uh, it looked good and uh, you know gave us a lot of good data. But Soul, you know, is another leap forward because we were able to do so much you know, on the electrical engineering side and uh, working with, you know, vendors to get in uh, new and, um, you know, more refined parts for it. So uh, we're building a third one called uh, Luna. Luna's silver. Nice. Um, and that'll be the last of the alpha builds. So we'll be uh, moving into the beta builds after that. And I would say we're, we're uh, progressing nicely on our beta designs and hopefully we'll be releasing, actually we've already released some tools. So um, already releasing tooling parts for beta and then those betas will come together through the summer. Yeah, beta is, uh, is much closer to production intent. Uh, so the alphas are, they're primarily press vehicles. They are, they are highly representative and they're fully designed. They're not uh, hand fabricated, the parts are tooled. But um, in the in the time that we since designed beta, we learned and made all these improvements. Or alpha, we made all these improvements for beta. Uh, the vehicle is going to be even bigger, even lower drag. It's going to have more cargo space. Uh, it's just so much better. So th those are the vehicles that we'll be uh, doing development testing. Uh, you know, um, accelerated life cycle testing, crash testing. Uh, one of them I think is going to Slovenia, so they can test with the LAFE for the traction control. Uh, algorithms and anti-skid and all that stuff. So uh, betas are really important in our in our design cycle. As was hinted by the website, it sounds like Luna will be the final alpha build of the vehicle, which makes sense because on the website you could reserve the Noir, Soul, or Luna versions, which corresponded with different colors. Um, you know, apart from electrical engineering changes between the different alpha and beta versions, what I'm curious about is you know what the impact of the you know I've, and I've spoken about this multiple times of the continued improvements the you know to the interior space storage capacity and aerodynamics of the vehicle you know does that mean that the exterior dimensions will be the same right now it's about the same length of a Prius and it's about the same width of a Model S that that width is the one thing that gives me concern because you know you're talking about the exterior the wheels the way they stick out you know I'm, I'm a bit concerned about what that means for you know uh, plenty of people not just other cars not seeing that not being aware that it's a bit wider but also driving it you, know, you can imagine that you might scuff up those those wheels on on the curb because it's a bit wider than you, you imagine and then my biggest question is, is always what will be the the range of the the beta the production versions of the vehicle if if they are if they're sticking to the 25 kilowatt hours 40 kilowatt hours 60 kilowatt hours and 100 kilowatt hours if they're improving the performance of the vehicle improving the aerodynamics that you know that the the range should go up you know and maybe it'll just be that the real world range will be higher than what they're they're promising and they're being conservative but it sounds like you know there will be some some changes there and and um a, a one quick follow-up chris and steve you know they were asked about the zero to 60 time and I'm, I'm not including that clip in here but it's something i mentioned in previous episodes um and you know they're they're asked you know what is the zero to 60 time of the car is it under three seconds and they both went with the numbers that are on the website of under four seconds i think right now the all-wheel drive version says three and a half seconds 
which is different from the sub three seconds that Aptera's chief technology officer Nathan Armstrong mentioned previously in that webinar uh, with the I think the Denver EV Association and uh, the 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 a cool stat that Chris gave is that it's the only car for under thirty thousand dollars that can do zero to sixty in less than five seconds so still in incredibly quick but just not Porsche 911 GT2 quick um, you know speaking about handling the the next clip Steve talks about you know some some feedback that they received on the handling of a vehicle from a driver who owned several high-performance internal combustion engine vehicles uh, but you know in terms of driving feel I mean, it feels very well grounded, and I think what we had kind of expected by moving the mass of the motor out to the wheels is what we feel in the vehicle. It feels more grounded than I think the previous vehicles felt, uh, and I think it's, you know. Our, v our VIP yesterday, uh, I was really surprised when we swapped drivers and let them drive. We normally don't do that, uh, right. but it was on a public road, so we were at a chase car. But he drove it like he stole it. And, uh, right. and this guy owns a, what, a Porsche. Uh, yeah, he owns every type of Porsche and uh, McLaren. And yeah, so his daily driver is like some all-wheel drive Porsche 911 Turbo, whatever. And he he said he said he felt uh, just no lack of confidence in our vehicle, uh, going around the curves very aggressively. Um, and you know, it's not his Porsche, of course, but he wasn't. Uh, scared in any way, or he didn't think that it handled uh, weirdly or uniquely in any way. To him, it felt like a solidly planted vehicle, and it was just very, it was unelicited comment, it was unelicited commentary, and I thought it was pretty powerful coming from a car guy like that. It sounds like the early development versions of the vehicle are handling really well and, and matching the 0 to 60 performance numbers, and, and you know, uh, additionally, there's a the, the next clip deals directly with unsprung weight, which is something that's been a topic on this podcast in the past. We think about unsprung mass. Yeah, it, it, we know that for years, people, manufacturers try and bring the weight in to increase the response time of the wheel system, right? You got the dampening, the spring, everything else. But, you know, we're, we're replacing the spindle, the rotor, the caliper, all that is replaced with the, the wheel motor. So you're also losing a lot of weight too. So the net net is not much more. And because the vehicle is so wide, it does have an effect that we see both in the software modeling and in real life of just really keeping the vehicle planted. So any other effect uh, of jounce or uh, response time uh, is not perceptible to us from the unsprung weight. So some more great news here is that it sounds like the you know the the weight of the hub motors by Alafe, you know the you know I guess basically the the added weight of putting the the motor in the the vehicle is offset somewhat, and this is something that I think the Alafe's team talked about. If you're also removing the brake calipers and other components that would go in the the wheel of a car is that it's there's not that much of an increase by putting those those hub motors and with the low overall weight of the car it it sounds basically like this is it's you know if, if anything what you're noticing when you're driving it is that it seems like the car or the, the vehicle sticks to the ground far better than than you would imagine and it and it handles really well and so that's that's great news that they're they're able to overcome that 
the next clip is about the the production timeline of the car and, and this this matches pretty well with with what's been said on the past about this topic you know our goal is to have a production intent vehicle by the end of the year um, obviously that doesn't mean we're going to start shipping 100 vehicles a week uh, in 2022 but if we have a production intent vehicle by the end of the year then we can very critically analyze with Monroe and Associates how quickly we can ramp that production and then start to inform our customers on, hey, your, your order number 2,553, we expect to deliver that vehicle in August, you know, get ready, you know, plan your parking spot so you can get uh, lots of uh, solar power out of your Terra uh, during the day type thing. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, we've been working with a lot of great uh, um, engineers from around the world and, uh, you know, they're all working towards the goal of having that production intent vehicle by the end of the year. If the production intent vehicle is done by the end of the year, then 2022 sounds like when they're really going to be working to, to scale things up. And the bottom line here for me, you know, listening to this when we talk about you know, planning on, on scaling up to 100 vehicles per week and, and then working with, uh, I guess, the team that they have, they've assembled on, on improving the, the scale up of their operations, is that with 10,000 reservations already already on the books for Aptera you're if you you probably need to put in a reservation soon if you're hoping to see the car by the end of next year because their 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 goal is to get to production intent vehicle I guess that that's when all the testing would be be done you know assuming everything goes to plans then they're starting to to ship to customers um, likely early early 2022 but you know they're they're also going to have to and this is the production hell that we've seen with other electric vehicle startups and, and manufacturers that it's it's challenging to go from that first vehicle that goes through all the testing to building you know hundreds and then thousands of vehicles so that you can ship them to the customers and as we saw from the app that or the the excuse me the, the image that Aptera shared previously I think they've they've got customers in 86 countries around the world, and so, you know, that it, it's it's gonna it's gonna take some work before they can get them to everyone. And if they're starting also with the the 40 kilowatt hour battery customers, and then going to those other customers, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, when we see the 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 good news is that you know they are going to try to give people no, advance notification of when they can expect the vehicle. The 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 next clip, Chris and Steve, they talk about designing the vehicle around composites. Uh, in our previous um, FMBSS test, we had the highest roof car strength of any passenger car uh, on the road. You know, you could put two elephants on top of the Aptera or two Humvees on top of the Aptera and it's just fine. So it's, it's incredible what you can do when you design to the material. Um, right. you know, I think a lot of people and automotive companies have explored composites, but they've tried to make it a replacement for steel. And you really can't build a composite part like a steel part. They just right. aren't analogous. So if you're going to build with composites, you have to rethink your platform. You have to design the it platform. It can be all in. It can't right. be a fad or it can't be a, a half a half measure. Uh, otherwise, you don't really get the benefit. And so right. in our case, we're not burdened uh, by relation 100-year relationships with steel stamping suppliers and everything else which and steel is a great material steel is a it's it's like a 
it's a space age material almost. If you were to compare to go back to the Iron Age or anything else, steel is just fantastic. But for building vehicle structures, we think composites can be better. I included this clip because I think it speaks to the advantages, both the advantages that Aptera will have over customers or, or competitors who attempt to emulate the lightweight design, as, as well as explaining why no one has attempted to do something on, on this level on a, a hyper-efficient, low-weight vehicle. Because un, unless you design the vehicle from the ground up, it's not going to have the same performance benefits of the fully composite Aptera. I, I guess to give an example of, you know, if you're just trying to tack things on and replace steel parts, you know, that's kind of what you see in the BMW i3, which I think there's some carbon fiber elements of that, and, and the vehicle weighs less. But you know, the the i3, you know, I'm, I'm sure plenty of people like the car. It's not, you know, it's not able to withstand the weight of an elephant or an H2. And when I think about the monocoque design of, of the Aptera, I also think about Formula One cars, which you know are also based around a similar design, and, and they can they can protect a driver in a crash that's going 150 miles an hour, even though they they also weigh about the same amount as an Aptera. I think they're they're around 1,500, 1,600, 1,600 pounds, and so it it just it speaks to you know when you you design around high performance materials you know what what's really uh, achievable um, so that's the last clip from this this particular podcast i once again i highly encourage you to check out the the rest of the episode there's there's a uh, other bits where they they speak about the you know how they came to the 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 camping package that they have uh, that that was interesting as well as the you end know, of the inside evs podcast in general if you're an electric vehicles enthusiast there's you know there's uh, you know they they have a lot of a lot of great content where they're speaking about a lot of vehicles and trends in in the industry so in this next segment i wanted to talk about a few newsworthy items that came up in the last week regarding those who are looking to invest in Aptera. It, firstly, it, and the most importantly, Aptera has appointed a new chief financial officer, uh, Janice Burlingame, who you know previously it sounds like has a, a lot of experience in helping to bring companies public, as well as with the you know within the I think it's called the Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Um, I guess work, I think she's a, a director at, at one of those or, or SPAC. I think they're they may be called. Um, you know, for those who are unfamiliar with an, an SPAC, those have become very popular entity. You know, within electric vehicle startups, which you know I think the the, the special purpose acquisition company, it's already a, a publicly traded entity, and if I understand it correctly, the the, the EV startup will merge that entity, and it and allows them to go public much more e- easily. Than the 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 more traditional process of of uh, or the steps it takes for a company to become publicly traded, which allows them to access uh, a lot more capital and to raise a a lot more more funding. And in the announcement on Aptera's website, where they talk about um, appointing a new CFO, they they specifically spoke to 
to um, Janice's experience in taking companies public as a reason for why they they appointed her. And I'm I'm not sure about the timing, or it was more coincidental. But there was actually it, there was a previously you know they they've talked about this where they raised funding for Aptera through a crowdfunding website called WeFunder, and I actually participated in an earlier round where they were still accepting funding you know they they notified at the time that the the round was oversubscribed but they were still taking investments and you know they said that they would notify folks as to what happened for for those who came in after the round closed and the i received a notification this week that they were due to the oversubscription they were going to return the investment i i made and and so with aptera's plans to announce a new round of funding fundraising through their website and I guess with I guess they're trying to get everything in order through WeFunder and appointing a new CFO I I feel like there's a a connection there where they're 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 trying to get everything in order before they start raising more funding soon which it, it sounds like you know that that's what they're they're looking to do and what I I also found this interesting because Chris and Steve have mentioned in the past that they have a strong desire to maintain full control over the company in in large part because it was the lack of this control that you know or I guess that partially led to the problems when they they first founded the the company did they you know they I think Aptera's old board you know they brought in an executive team of experienced auto executives uh but executives who'd worked with internal combustion vehicle engine vehicles and you know, they had different ideas, you know, Chris and Steve ended up leaving and, and I think they wanted to keep control so that they could maintain, you know, the, the focus of the company. And so bringing in a CFO who has experience in taking companies public, I'm, you know, it, I think this, this is good news for their ability to, to raise funding to allow them to scale up production. But it, you know, I feel like there is maybe a trade off there in terms of the loss of control. In, in any case, you know, I, I I think we should all stay tuned because I suspect that there are going to be some some major announcements regarding fundraising, and in you know soon. It, in fact, at the end of that that Inside EVs podcast, Chris uh, Anthony you know mentioned that you know, they'll be making an announcement about you know their website and about new investments soon. And so, if you're looking to invest in Aptera, you know, I I guess get ready. You know, they're you know they're it, it sounds like they've got some some really big ambitions to to match what I think is, you know, a, a really standout vehicle. And that concludes episode thirteen of the AppDVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting, and as always, thank you for for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you know, you know, please, please, uh, I guess, give us a, a rating on any of the podcasting platforms that that you're currently listening to, and and tell a friend. Uh, the AppTV's podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, and you know, if you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please feel free to send those to AppTV's podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EV's podcast. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 